Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, everybody, just a quick heads up before today's podcast. Uh, Because of his sheer dedication to get you guys some holiday content, Ben Foldy joined me today by phone. So his uh, audio is, you know, it's a phone call. So please uh, forgive us, blah, blah, blah. We hope you enjoy the show. It is a holiday mini podcast Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you are celebrating, even if it's nothing, and uh, just enjoying some time off, if if you get it. We thank you for spending some of that time here with us on the APC podcast, talking Green Bay Packers for SB Nation and AcmePackingCompany.com. And on this particular day, Christmas Eve 2019, as we record this, Celebrating the Green Bay Packers' upset defeat over the Minnesota Vikings at the Bird Killer. The first time they've won at that stadium, 23-10 to 10 was the final score, guaranteeing them at least one home playoff game, holding on to the second seed of, uh, in playoff standings for the moment, and, wait for it, making them your 2019 NFC North Division Champs. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Big fan. Yeah. <laughs> Big fan of the Prince of Egypt. Uh, that is the voice of of uh, Ben Foldy phoning in from. Uh, are you in Are you in Denver, Colorado, right now? I am outside the Denver Museum of Art. You are on. You're reporting live on location outside of the Denver Museum of Art. Are you there with the family? I'm there with yeah, some fam. Eight of us, nine of us, including me, actually. And they've uh, nicely let you uh, sneak away to talk some nonsense about football. That's great. Yeah, I, I had to borrow my sister's headphones. She was kind of being weird about it, but she ultimately <laughs> relented. Uh, well, we we thank your sister. Um, no Alex Patakis today, as uh, I believe he's doing some version of a family thing for Christmas. And so his priorities are in check, I think is what you're trying to say. Yeah, I think that is that is fair to say. Um, but anyway, so this is what you get. You get one and a half Jews, one microphone, and a pair of earbuds. Uh, <laughs> I am uh, Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Ben Foldy again joining us uh, in Denver. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for downloading. Subscribe, rate, like us, tell uh, your great Aunt Gertrude at the holiday dinner all about our podcast, and then explain to her what a podcast is. And um Sign her up for Twitter uh, and have her follow us at the APC Pod. Ben, you were um, as we as we get into some some notable nuggets here, or before we get into the notable nuggets, I should say you were um, rather inconveniently 
uh, in the air during this game? How much of it did you get to see? They had ESPN on the on the plane back seat, so I, I watched. I actually, while I was in the air, was the most effective time I had to watch the game, and then I uh, kind of intermittently streamed the second half on my phone in the Denver airport and in the car. So this is just a scheduling oversight that had you uh, booking travel during a primetime Packers game, probably the most important game of the season so far. <laughs> I mean, I got to watch. I got to watch like a fair amount. Of it. But yes, it was a scheduling oversight. I did not. I did not factor in Monday night football into my uh, travel plans. I don't know uh, how if you were able to follow along on Twitter at all during the game. Um, so you may have missed this, or I'm not sure if they mentioned it on the broadcast. But um, there wasn't much Twitter. Gotcha. Well, that's probably for the best. But the the reason I bring it up is because I I, uh, I forget who mentioned this. Uh, someone who was covering the game said that in sort of a, a pre-game hype video, like in the stadium on the Jumbotron, they played this, uh, I guess it was a highlight reel of, of different clips, which included the uh, Anthony Barr injuring Aaron Rodgers <laughs> uh, play, the the replay there. Um, so I, I don't know. Were you aware that that happened? <laughs> I was not aware that that happened. I, I guess I'm, I'm a little curious in what world that's a highlight. I mean, I don't even think that wasn't even a sack. That was a post right thrown ball hit. Like, it, why is that a highlight in any way, shape or form? Right. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Does it surprise you at all that, that they would do that? I mean, it seems it just it strikes me as odd. I don't know. I, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me in that. I think that the Vikings have pretty poor taste as a franchise. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, and I, I, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk unnecessary shit, but like, their fans are pretty gross, a lot of them. <laughs> um, uh, just in terms of like their, you know, like their weird hate on for the for the Packers, etc. I think they they think that they're nice for some reason, but it's like Vikings fans are like Minnesota nice to the to the fucking nth degree. Ooh, Minnesota nice. That's a nice. No, thing. I mean, you remember you remember that video of the old guy like choking out the Packers fan yeah. in the stands? <laughs> yeah, like I mean that to me like. I don't know. I, I, I love Randy Moss. I love Stephon Diggs. Me too. Like there are there are Vikings that I love as players, but as a franchise, I don't actually particularly think they're a likable franchise. Right. Yeah. I'm and I made the joke. Meanwhile, uh, mid game, Anthony Barr actually went out with an injury, and I and I tweeted out like, "Oh, do you think the Packers are going to save that highlight and show it in hype videos at Lambeau Field every time the Vikings come to town?" Um, of course, that was sarcastic. The answer is fuck no. They're not going to do that. <laughs> Or you could put like Kendrick's pulling his quad while recovering his second fumble. Right, right. Just a very at least nice... that's an actual highlight, you know. Like... <laughs> Man, just a low bar, a low bar set by this franchise. Bar, pun intended. Low bar. Look yeah. At that. Look well, at it's that. also like you know, it's like if you guys, if <laughs> if you can't if if you can't actually you know win an NFC Championship game, uh, I guess you take what you can get. Yep. Indeed. Note Nugs. It is time for Note Nugs. Hashtag Note Nugs. Notable Nuggets after every game. Send us your bite-sized takeaway from the game at the APC pod on Twitter. And we will get to your Note Nugs in just a moment, but we will start uh, with ours. And uh, I'll, I'll get us started, Ben. The Packers, they just dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball uh, in, in this game, making things really hard on Kirk Cousins and also allowing Aaron Jones to feast and and Anthony Barr who we were just talking about reportedly came up to Aaron Jones after his fumble and said something like if the lights are too bright for you 
get off the field. And obviously Jones didn't like that very much. And I'm sure he didn't like being a Pro Bowl snub. So he helped himself to 154 rushing yards and two touchdowns, helping the Packers notch, I think, a season high 184 total rushing yards on the day. And and if it weren't for the turnovers, you could you could really interpret the stats as uh, reflecting total domination by the Packers, in my opinion. They possessed the ball for almost 38 minutes. They ran 75 plays on offense and limited the Vikings to just 53 plays. Uh, the Packers earned 22 first downs. The Packers, or the Vikings, had only seven first downs in the entire game, uh, only two in the entire first half. Uh, ben, guess, guess how many Vikings plays uh, were run in Packers territory in the second half last night? Um, six, two, <laughs> two. All right. Two. Anyway, not to get off topic, but I think it all comes back to the battle in the trenches. Um, not to be too cliche, but for the second week in a row, I think that the Packers' offensive line dominated a very good, respectable pass rush. Um, and on the road in this case, and and then of course the Packers' defensive line. My goodness, Zadarius Smith. Zadarius Smith and company, good golly. Three and a half sacks for him, five quarterback hits. Uh, he lived in the backfield, and um, I think it was a signature win for the Packers at exactly the right time. It's what we've been looking for, and um, it all comes back to the offensive line and the defensive line both dominating, setting setting the tone, I think. Yep. I mean, I guess I guess not to, not to be like a negative uh, Nelly, but... Is the signatureness of the signature win the fact that the offense was kind of somewhat dysfunctional and the defense was pretty good? <laughs> you jerk. No, I, you know what? I don't, I think that if it weren't for the turnovers, I don't think we would think of this as a dysfunctional game for the offense. I think they would have had at least 10 more points if not for the turnovers. And yeah. if it's 33 to yeah, 10 yeah. Packers, then, then we're, then we're definitely not saying it's a dysfunctional game. No, for sure. But I mean, I do, I do think that, you know, like I'm not, I'm not trying to, to, to poo poo a, a big win. Um, but I, I do think that the, um, I still want to see a, a, I still don't think that the offense is firing on all cylinders, whether that's, uh, um, you know, like there was just, there were a lot of plays that kind of did not seem to just, develop the way that they were supposed to develop yeah. whether it was rod rogers missing with accuracy or whether you know like there was just i still haven't like don't get me wrong it was a great win very happy with the win um and against like a quality opponent that i, I think the vikings are a pretty good football team um that said i i still would like to see a more consistent offensive uh performance throughout an entire game yeah and we texted a little bit about this back and forth during the game um but Aaron Rodgers certainly uh, did not have an amazing night. And indeed, there were a few throws where he just looked kind of off. But in sort of going back and, and watching some highlights, he also was extremely on in terms of um, some of the in-breaking routes and timing routes and, and things that I think we've been looking for out of a new a new offensive scheme uh, in Green Bay. Sort of those those like those uh, slants on the inside, um, again, timing routes. Some of that stuff looked really, really sharp. It, it was definitely up and down, but I I think there's good stuff to take from this offensively. Do you disagree? No, no, I think there was good stuff. Um, and I think, I, you know, I think it was a, a bit of a, 
I think Alan Lazard had another pretty good game. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it was a pretty good game overall. I don't mean to. I don't mean to sound too cynical. Yeah, he had a really clutch third down catch. I remember, and maybe he didn't produce in the sheer numbers that I think people really want him to as, uh, as we try to vie for him being a true number two receiver. But I also tweeted this out during the game. Um, he blocked his ass off in this game. And that's one thing that, um, that he has excelled at. And indeed, I think a lot of the wide receivers are really buying into um, this, this Matt LaFleur idea of like, of, of, Hey, you guys aren't going to like this. You want to catch the ball, but, um, but you got to block too. And they, I think they've done a great job. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see MBS. I don't recall seeing MBS as a receiver in any capacity, but I do remember seeing him throw a really good block on the Jones touchdown run. He had a clutch uh, catch. I think it was like a a little bit of a kind of a smoke route thing. So it didn't go very far, but it it was clutch. But you're right. He didn't. He wasn't super involved in the passing game. But again, the the blocking game. Uh, he was he was pretty clutch. Um, all right, Ben. We're we're getting off topic here. Notable nuggets. Give me your note nug coming out of this game. My notable nugget is I actually like seeing Tyler Irvin get some snaps with the offense. I think that in the long run, he could be like a real second, third string uh, running back for this team. Yeah. And, and to your credit, you know, when, when he was first brought in, uh, you talked a little bit about liking him in the draft. And I think you even went so far as to say like, Hey, I wouldn't mind seeing him on offense a little bit if the situation dictated. So I got to give you credit there. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, I don't know if he, I can't remember his name getting called outside of those two jet sweep, you know, one where he actually got the ball and one where it was kind of set up for the motion that he didn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, his, you know, you see it on his punt returns, right? Like he's got, he can make people miss, he's elusive. He's got, you know, good, good cuts and good, and, you know, I don't see a reason why he shouldn't be able to, to be at least somewhat of a Aaron Jones, uh, understudy yeah it's funny he's very sim he's similar to aaron jones in some ways i actually uh made the made the analogy that uh uh anyone who's listening who's like a, a guitar person uh there's the les paul which is like the standard rock and roll guitar and then there's a few other uh models that les paul makes and they make one called the les paul uh junior light the gibson les paul junior light and uh I think that Tyler Irvin is the uh, he's like Aaron. He's like the Aaron Jones Jr. Light. <laughs> like he's not. Yeah. He's clearly not as good, but he's similar. He's similarly good at similar things, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, I you know I wouldn't mind seeing him get more reps. I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty esoteric nugget, I guess. Now that I think about it, but well, um, I mean, it may and it may come to fruition because uh, not exactly breaking news, but um, Jamal Williams did leave the game with a shoulder injury. And I think after the game, he didn't seem too worried about it, but, um, but we don't have a status for him yet. And he didn't return to the game. So it, it might be that there is a little bit of an increased role for Tyler. Irvin. it sounds like you're okay with that. Well, he hopefully, he hopefully, you know, hopefully Williams gets at least a week of, of uh, a week and maybe two uh, to take it easy before there's meaningful football again. So, well, there's still meaningful football. Um, I know, I know, but I just Detroit. mean like, yeah. All right. Well, at the APC pod on Twitter is where you can find us and uh, send us your notable nuggets after every game. You can also 
email the show, the APC podcast at gmail.com, uh, as Ted did yesterday to email his notable nugget in. And he says, Hey guys, all I can say about this team is that winners find a way. And he, I like, he always signs it, uh, Ted, the APC Virginia Bureau. So if there's anyone else in Virginia that listens to the show, get to, uh, get together with your man, Ted, there. <laughs> winners find a way. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think that last night's game was, was the least example, the, the least relevant example of the winners find a way. I mean, I think I'm more in agreement with you that I think outside of the turnovers, that was a pretty dominant performance by the Packers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they definitely find a way. Um, but in that, in that, in last night's game, that way was, you know, by and large controlling all facets of the game. Indeed. All right, uh, going to Twitter now to get James's notable nugget. He says, he gives me stage direction here, so I'm going to follow his direction. He says, cue the Smiths. And then he says, Zadarius was well worth the money. Hashtag note nugs. And then he also adds, I appreciate this, the disclaimer, the APC podcast does not support Morrissey's politics. Thank you, James, for that very thoughtful uh, note nug. We talked a little bit about Zadarius Smith being a game wrecker here. I don't know if you got to watch with the sound, Ben, but Booger, Booger McFarlane, who, uh, by the way, my my wife getting to watch a, a primetime Monday night football game with me for the first time, got to find out what a Booger McFarlane is. And that was a, uh, a fun learning journey for her. But I think that he had like three bullet points listed for Zadarius Smith, and he just had to keep saying them, which was basically he's, uh, he's athletic, he's lanky, and he signed for a ton of money. He just kept talking about how much money he signed for. But if I'm uh, interpreting James's, James's note nug, and I'll ask this uh, of you as well, it sounds like well, well worth the money so far, man. Yeah, and this actually brings up for me a second, a second point that maybe should have been my note nug is that you know, I know a couple of weeks ago we were talking about kind of whether Pettin had fallen off. Um, and I think at the time I said that, you know, it was kind of a wash up to that point this season. I think that was maybe 12 games in. And, you know, I kind of said the first six games of Pettin were really favorable and the second six were pretty meh. And it was, you know, as far as I was concerned, it was kind of like a tie game heading into the third period. And uh, I think in the last couple of games, we've really seen Pettin, Pettin kind of bring the magic back. Yeah. Uh, obviously, in large part to, to the Smiths. Um, you know, and I think also getting, uh, some nickel safety or, uh, yeah, nickel safety, kind of Raven Green, Abraham Campbell kind of types back in the lineup. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, you, you, you mentioned the, the front, the fronts and, uh, you know, yeah, the Smiths, I mean, killing it. And Kenny Clark had a great game too. Yeah. Speaking of Kenny Clark, uh, Chris, Chris Pirtle tweets in his note nug pay Kenny Clark. You know who else had a good game last night? It was Dean Lowry. Yeah, I wanted to touch on Dean Lowry a little bit as well and give him credit. I thought he had a great game, but for the second week in a row, uh, a batted ball um, at the line of scrimmage. If he yeah. can keep that up, I mean, those are those can be game-changing plays in these tight playoff contests. Yeah, and uh, not just him, but um, Kyler Fackel had some good game-breaky kind of plays too. I thought, I thought, I thought the defense played another great game. I, you know, there wasn't really a weak spot. And, I, you know, the, the touchdown to, to Diggs, the coverage was perfect. 
it was it was an amazing throw by Cousins and a beautiful catch by Diggs. Yeah, like I don't really have any complaints about that. Nope, I think that's gonna that's gonna happen every every once in a while. Let's move on to uh, Gareth, who tweets in his note nug. Kevin King is dot 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 good. Uh, Kevin King, obviously with a very clutch interception, uh, almost a gimme if it weren't for the fact that he he kind of one handed it, which was uh, pretty fun to watch. But I feel like we've gone back and forth and had this debate all season long on on whether or not we think Kevin King is good or good ish. Or uh, what did you make of his performance last night? Uh, I I think maybe what we should say is Kevin King can be good, and it's a matter of consistency. You know, I mean, physically that the, the tools are there yeah but that was never really a question you know whether or not he could get on the field is the second part of that question and then uh you know mentally is kind of where things break down again um or so it seems but yeah i mean i, I think when he's good he's good the question is just the consistency yeah totally agree john tweets in alan lazard is a third down machine i mentioned that briefly uh, earlier, uh, but indeed, uh, he does come up with some clutch catches. I'm loving what we're seeing out of him so far. Normalicious also tweets in love that they got Irvin involved in the offense, that early push pass to him, uh, and then some motion on that big Jones touchdown run agreed. I think we're all in agreement on, uh, on liking bringing him aboard and, and what he can offer the team as well. And we will wrap up with uh, John Ramos, who who tweets in his note nug. What kind of end game handshake was that from Zimmer? Did you have you seen this clip? I have not. So at the end of the game, the coaches like do the handshake or whatever, and <laughs> Zimmer. And so so Lafleur comes midfield, hand extended, face out, looking looking for Zimmer. Zimmer like comes in very quickly, does not make direct eye contact, is almost looking away. Barely touches Lafleur's hand, a handshake that lasted maybe a quarter of a second. It didn't get any closer than just both of their arms fully extended. Again, a momentary handshake, and then he's just off. And he just like never even looked at Lafleur. I, I, we've talked about stuff like this before. I'm not big on. I'm not a body language police guy. Um, but I don't know. It seemed like a bad look from a guy who is. Um, frustrated that he has to keep playing Aaron Rodgers in meaningful games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we touched on this a little earlier, but the Vikings are salty schmoes yeah. a lot of the time. I do like Zimmer as a coach, though. Yeah, I do too. I mean, like, I, I like Zimmer as a coach. I think he's a reasonably good dude. Um, I, you know, sometimes I think it's stupid how much they want to run the ball. Um, but, you know, like, yeah, I think Zimmer is like a smart, good football coach. Yeah. Uh, but as a franchise, I think the Vikings are kind of salty schmoes. Yeah, <laughs> I totally agree. All right, it's a it's a short podcast pre-holiday. Um, I want to just quickly touch on your feelings heading into Detroit, but before we move on, give you a chance, Ben, is there anything else we didn't hit on from this game that you noticed or thought was noteworthy or that you wanted to make mention of? I don't know. I guess, uh, yeah, I'm still into Alan Lazard. I still think he's like kind of the, the story of the... Uh, is the like the surprise of the offense this year? Yeah, I you know, and some people, it seems, and by people I mean the interactions that I have on Twitter. So take it with a grain of salt. Some people are still not sold on him as being uh, a legitimate number two. And I had someone uh, tweet at me and say like, if um, 
you know, would you be happy with him if he was our number three receiver? And my answer to that is absolutely. If the Packers for sure had two wide receivers that were for sure better than Alan Lazard, he can be my number three any day. I would be thrilled. Definitely. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that's that's like the ideal outcome going into this draft is that you get one of the one of the kind of more, you know, more technical it's a super deep draft at wide receiver. Right, and you yeah. come away with whichever one of those guys kind of falls and is like a technically proficient route running, you know, whiz for your, you know, your kind of DJ Moore type. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that would be a pretty ideal outcome that you have, you have Devante and then you have Allen for your, um, for your deep stuff and, and some of your crossing routes from the outside and then somebody you can line up in line and, uh, win off the line i think i mean yeah i, I if you're looking for for a bunch of wide if, you know, I, I it's just weird because i can't figure out if that's a criticism of alan lazard or a criticism of like expectations like i don't i don't really get where that critique comes from yeah i don't yeah yeah it's just the same old kind of negative packers twitter swirl of i don't even know what what people are are comparing it to i mean i guess I guess what I get confused by is like if you were excited about MVS at this point last season, yeah, you should be way more excited about Alan Sard at this yeah. point this season. There's a way more sustainable body of work as we've seen. Yeah, agreed. A- and if you are comparing any group of wide receivers to, you know, a group that had whatever Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, James Jones, Jermichael Finley. I mean, my goodness. That is a rare, rare cocktail of talent. Uh, uh, the, the Packers were blessed. Packers fans were blessed to be able to watch that combination of players for a while. But if that is going to be your comparison um, every year, your measuring stick, man, you're going to have a bad time. You're, you're going to be disappointed. Well, and people also forget that because there was such depth in that group, you know, it took Jordy three years to come on right, at all. Yeah. Like Lazard has been more productive than Jordy was in his early seasons. Um, if you basically think of him as a second-year wide receiver, and for all intents and purposes, he's almost a rookie. Um, you know, he didn't really, he was on practice squads last um, you know, So he's basically a rookie this year, an older rookie. Um, you know, if you think James Jones didn't really come on for a couple of years either. So, you know, yeah, when the Packers were super deep and, and all those guys hit, you know, had time to develop, that's, that's totally a different world. Um, is that now? You know, like I just said, I think the Packers should spend some draft capital wide receiver this year. I also think the Packers should spend some draft capital on quarterback this year, or at least get ready to. Um, but you know, so what? Like, it's not to me. That's not an indictment of Lazard. I think Lazard is a piece of this team moving forward. Yeah, totally agree. All right, really quickly before we get out of here and let everyone resume their holidays. Ben, it seemed like you were ready to overlook the Detroit Lions game, but this is a big contest coming up. Um, a, a wounded team that maybe doesn't have anything to play for, but we've seen it in the past. That can be that team's Super Bowl. And and need I remind everyone that if the Packers win and the 49ers lose to the Seahawks, the Packers get the number one seed. So, um, Ben, what do you think of this game against Detroit? Uh, I mean, I think they should win. <laughs> I think if they, if they... If they if they were to lose, uh, you know the Packers should treat this as a playoff game that they try to win in the first half yeah. and then take their foot off the pedal, just in terms of people not getting hurt. All all um, all gas, occasional breaks. <laughs> yeah, just just strangle the shit out of this team, 
in the first half. And, uh, and then, and then let the defense kind of try to take over the second half. Like, I, I, you know, I just think that it's, you know, I'm not saying take them lightly, but I, you know, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. All right, uh, Ben, thank you so much for uh, taking some time uh, out of your family museum <laughs> trip in Denver to uh, call and help me give our listeners uh, something to get them by on this holiday week. And so, um, yeah, with that, we are going to hit the polka. Some things to watch as we head into the final week of the season, Packers against the Detroit Lions. Again, Jamal Williams was uh, injured in this game, a shoulder injury, came out, didn't come back in. We don't know much yet as of today, Christmas Eve afternoon as we record this. So um, so keep your eyes on acmepackingcompany.com for updates on that. Um, that may affect Tyler Irvin getting more involved uh, in the offense. Will he be asked to do more? We will find out. Jay Sternberger as well, rookie tight end, was inactive this week uh, mysteriously. Will that continue? Um, and can the defense continue its trend of dominant play? We shall see. And uh, Ben, I, I'm in agreement with you. I think that the Packers should look to come out swinging, dominate the first half, and, and see if we can't get the starters out of there unharmed before the game is over. Ben, any uh, parting holiday thoughts for everyone as we uh, close this one out? Uh, use a designated driver. <laughs> Absolutely. That is an official stance of the APC podcast. All right, everybody. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. All that. Whatever you are celebrating, even if it is nothing. Thank you again for taking some time to, uh, to spend with us. And um, the Packers are NFC North Division champs. My goodness. My God. I'm pumped. I know it doesn't sound like I'm pumped. I'm also exhausted. <laughs> I'm staying up and watching football, but I'm pumped. Go back, go. Peace, guys.